Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HG Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, um, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder. And today we have Jenna on with us with HDO. Um, and she and I are going to be talking about collaboration, especially during this HD Awareness Month. Um, I, you know, I know personally I'm realizing more how important collaborating with other groups and other disease communities are. So um, we're going to talk with Jenna about, you know, about her thoughts on this as well. Jenna comes from a, dis- a different disease community um, to HDO. So she really has some good knowledge in regards to this. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jenna. Hi, Lauren. Great to be here again. And always good to be able to, to chat with you and, um, and the team at Help for HD. So share with us again um, about your background, where you came from. Uh, My most recent position before um, coming on as the executive director at HDO was running a foundation that supported brain tumor and brain cancer patients and advocacy and caregivers. And so um, focused a lot on both little a and big a for advocacy so little a is about my own personal journey how can i become my own advocate uh, as a caregiver or as a patient and then big a was about really moving that advocacy forward so that could be anywhere from um, working within fda or um, partnering with other organizations for um, going to uh, Capitol Hill to lobby senators and Congress people to, um, you know, working with being uh, activists as far as providing stories to Medicare boards and things along that line. And when it comes to those big pieces, those macro pieces, it's, in my opinion, impossible to really move that pendulum forward without collaboration. And so, so excited to be here to talk about that today. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been with HDO now? I started in August, 2021. So it's, see, it's funny, I don't know, like nine months, it seems like it's been longer, which is good. It's uh, been super welcomed within the community um, internationally and in the US. So, uh, but yeah, it's been since August. And since joining, what would you say would probably be like the biggest area that we should be collaborating? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it depends on on where you live. So HDO is international. We have big presence in, in, um, in, in a lot of countries in the U.S. and U.K., um, in Europe, but there are so many other countries that need support too. Um, so I think it, it depends on kind of what you're looking at. I think from HDO's perspective, really 
collaborating with other associations to build a youth program service um, and support service for young people and families is something that we're really passionate about. And we know that resources are limited. So how can we provide that information to help support social workers or clinicians in those different countries? Um, that's one way of collaborating is, is understanding what those individual needs are and how can we as a community support that because then that in sense supports the patients and caregivers and, and overall HD community. Um, I think when it comes to big movements like um, bills or, um, or approaching regulatory agencies, that's a huge opportunity for collaboration. Um, and when you look at different movements uh, like breast cancer, for example, that's a disease that was really rampant and, and very lethal, especially in, sorry, not especially, but in the 80s and 90s. And there was a huge movement of people within the community and outside the community to raise that awareness around breast cancer and raise money, which then helped create these different research platforms to provide better detection, better treatment plans, and things along that line um, to where you don't see the high rates of breast cancer like you did back then. It's still an incredibly challenging disease, um, but it's, if you look at the progress over the past 30, 40 years, it really has made high improvements. That was done because of a large community of supporters around it. When you look at the rare disease spec, uh, spectrum, um, especially within HD, which is, which is genetic. So someone who's a neighbor who has never heard of it doesn't run the risk of being a part of the community or being directly affected by Huntington's disease. So in order for us to really make big movements forward outside of the community, we need those supporters to bring them in. But there are specific correlations we know that people describe Huntington's disease and compare it to um, Alzheimer's, to Parkinson's disease, to ALS or MS. And so is there an opportunity for us to collaborate with us with outside um, agencies and associations who are affected by those other diseases to make big changes in the regulatory and legislation uh, areas I think there's a big opportunity to do that. And we need those people to make our voices even stronger and more impactful and, and heard across a larger space. Absolutely. And, you know, some of those rare, we have the, the rare disease organizations that do collaborations and um, there are other rare diseases that are actually doing that, right? They're, they are collaborating with those rare disease organizations um, and, and able to get things passed because of it, mm -hmm. because they're going as a collective mm -hmm. and showing, you know, showing all of these issues for a collection of similar diseases, mm -hmm. um, which is very helpful because the more people you have for something, the better. Um, the other part of that is, you know, things like Alzheimer's Association, already have processes in place because they have the money backing them to be able to support other dementias. Mm -hmm. um, 
and they even have it in their name. Their actual name is not Alzheimer's Association. It's Alzheimer's Disease and Related Dementias Association mm -hmm. um, is how they are registered. And they do, they do support other um, dementias and trying to get them help. And there's case managers and they've got a helpline and they've got all of these resources that we don't necessarily have because mm -hmm. they have the money to back it and they have processes for it. So um, it's really amazing because we could collaborate and not reinvent the wheel and go further. And I think that's where having the opportunity to, to work with different groups and to see where things align and where there are unmet needs and who can fill those unmet needs. It's really uh, speaking from personal experience everybody in organizations like HDO want to just help wherever we can. And it's really easy to sit there and say, we need to add this service and this service and this service. But that's not realistic because it's resources are limited. There's, you know, needs for extra funding, extra people to help do that. And, but if there's another organization who's already doing that, why shouldn't we collaborate and refer and vice versa? And so there's such an amazing opportunity to sit down and say, this is where our strengths are. These are your strengths. These are this association's strengths. How do they, how can we cross reference where, as you said, we're not recreating the wheel, but we are making the wheel stronger and more fortified in order to build the community up further. And that gets a little bit challenging because as I mentioned, uh, funding is limited. And so there are always concerns about, um, you know, where are donors going to lie within that and things along that nature. But, you know, our biggest concern is helping the community. Um, and in, whenever we do collaborate, we need to share it with the community so they understand that we truly do work together. Because I think sometimes it can make people feel awkward if they're saying, I'm going to this program and then this association's program, and they don't understand the tight-knit community that is within HD. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think the community can do, the HD community can do to help us with collaboration? I think just get involved. Um, if you see something that you want to want to share your perspective on across multiple organizations, do it. There's nothing stopping you. And there, I think sometimes, again, people feel loyal to one association or the other, which is great. You know, you're not being disloyal by doing other programs. Um, and I think also just sharing information across the board because you may see something that was posted uh, on social media from somewhere in, in Central and South America that you think is really great. You sharing that information and really challenging the members of the different associations and advocacy groups to say, hey, have you seen this program? I think it would be a great thing to partner with and those kinds of things. Um, I think that that's really important. Um, because at the end of the day, we all have the same goals and it's all to help support and, um, and, and share the perspective of the community to really help propel the research forward uh, for treatment. You know, it's, I think, I think too, the community needs to understand that we're really working hard for treatments in order to help delay the onset of symptoms and kind of how that step-by-step -step process works with research and how their voices 
can help share their perspectives to help guide how those treatments and how that research needs to support the community too. Um, and I totally agree. I love what you just said that we're all we're all basically on the same page and and working towards the same goal. Um, and one of the other benefits with these other disease communities and organizations is the quality of life side. Mm -hmm. um, so where we don't necessarily have the resources for the you know case managers that we need to the extent that we need them, some of these other disease organizations do, mm -hmm. and um, even have, for example, okay, so I work for Alzheimer's Association now, and, you know, the walk structure is completely different than what we had um, when I was volunteering with HDSA, um, where that was completely volunteer-led. Alzheimer's Association has paid people to help support the volunteers. Um, same goes for their programs. They have a social worker who does direct connects for everybody in North Carolina, um, she receives phone calls and she goes and she helps them with resources and programs as a, like a specific person that you can call who's paid and not every state, uh, you know, has that for HD, mm -hmm. but they do with Alzheimer's Association. So when you feel like you're stuck and you can't find resources, you can go to a different disease organization and say, Hey, you know what? We don't have this in my community and I really need some help. And they're able to put you in contact with the people you need. So it's a really good thing to, to remember that on the quality of life side, on, on those with advanced and mid-stage diseases that are more concerned about that side, you know, there are programs out there with other disease communities. Yeah, and I think too, using that information and communicating with your support system on how can we bring that to HD is also important. And um, there are, with, with the centers of excellence and having social workers uh, within those um, clinics is really important. Um, and being able to share the need to support them on that level too, I think is really important um, to try and help build that. And I think encouraging and sharing the need for more social workers is going to be key too. I mean, there are there are big deserts in the US to where people don't have a centers of excellence or access to care. So how how can we change that? Not necessarily we're gonna go building clinics, but you know, how can that support be available to them? Um, do they know what support avenues they, they, there are? And that's always such a big conversation piece and, and no one has the right solution right now. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, the need or the knowledge? You know, and, and it kind of goes hand in hand with that. So how do we reach out bigger to the community to share that support? And part of that is, is money driven. Because when you look at these big campaigns about Alzheimer's, I mean, everybody knows someone who has had some form of dementia. Yep. And so, again, it creates that compassion to understand the community because you know someone. You can put your feet in their shoes and, and understand and empathize. With Huntington's disease, it's so, it's, it's very rare and not known about 
even in some cases um, in the medical community where they just haven't had to study it and they're not experts on it. So how, how can we get that knowledge out there to people who don't know that they don't know it? And that's a bigger macro kind of piece as far as, you know, is there a way to collaborate on um, national, international marketing? You know, how can we really spread that out there to, to get to people in rural communities or places where there are these deserts who maybe say, you know, oh, yeah, we did have that in our family, or this is something that we're going through, who maybe don't know that they need that support. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um, you know, this is why we're having this conversation. I think it's really important that we start focusing on this so we are able to get the resources, programs, funding, all of those things that we need in our community. Um, because if we stay where we are, it just stays where it is, right? If we're not, if we're not reaching out, then we're not going to go anywhere. So, um, so I love it. I love, you know, that we collaborate. I love that, you know, the organizations within the HD community, and that's something that, that everybody, um, researchers, professionals have said that it, HD community is really good about collaboration mm -hmm. with each other. Um, because for us, we don't care what organization finds what, we just want the the you know we want the service or the program and if all of them do it together great if one of them does it great doesn't matter um and you know and that's how i feel like i don't care where where it comes from i would rather everybody collaborate to show that we are um one in community but you know we have to collaborate outside of the hd community as well yeah, and I think it's important too to note that um, it's really easy to kind of get siloed into thinking there's going to be one treatment, or in some cases, feel, feel, people feel like there's going to be one cure for Huntington's disease, or um, you know, and that that puts a lot of pressure on yourself. And so there's there's not going to be one answer. There's not going to be one organization that solves the problem. There's not going to be one pharmaceutical company that develops a drug that can treat all different um, symptoms with Huntington's disease. It's going to be a collaboration amongst all of them and in a variation of treatment because we know um, that everybody has a variety of different symptoms and it and it affects people in different ways and you may have bigger priorities personally than other priorities as far as what treatments you want to um, receive so whether that's something that um, uh, can help with cognitive functionality with movement you know it really just depends on what your personal journey is and so I think that it's really important for the community to kind of broaden their expectations about what is the likelihood of things happening as far as multiple treatments and um, multiple research avenues, multiple ways to solve support problems across the community with associations. Absolutely. Um, so our, our ask for this show is to start thinking outside the box and start um, considering um, in the HD community collaborating. You know, you can do it on a small level. Um, if you're interested on, in doing it on a larger level, I'm certain that you can get in touch with Jenna or myself. Um, and we're happy to tell you those ways of, of collaboration um, on a larger level. Mm -hmm. um, but my ask for the HD community 
especially for um, HD Awareness Month is start branching out mm -hmm. and start reaching out to other disease communities, other organizations, um, and find out what is out there that could be available to us um, and how we can collaborate. We had, um, we just celebrated our year anniversary with our ambassadors last week, which was great to bring them together. And we had a lot of special guests come in and say thanks. And um, Jimmy Pollard was one of those guests. And he, he said something that I feel like is really poignant for this, um, is that you may feel like you're not making a difference, that your ideas might be too small um, when you compare them to people who have started organizations and you know are out there in the public and sharing this information really loudly and, and broadcasting it. But exactly what you just said, these little changes, things like talking to strangers about Huntington's disease, to educating yourself on other ways to get involved, these little things matter. And I feel like sometimes people have the um, impression that they need to do these grandiose movements moving forward, but these little things matter and lay the groundwork for big movements. And if you share your story with one person um, or share a post or do something that you may feel like is not that important, they can share it to another person and they can talk about it to another person and they can go and look at websites and get more educated and things along those lines. And so it does create a movement and momentum going forward. And so while you're thinking of ways that you could maybe challenge yourself and challenge the community, understand that it is such a broad spectrum of opportunity out there to do that. Absolutely. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this has been a really good talk and one that I could continue for hours. Um, but we will stop there. Thank you again. Um, for anybody who's going to be at the HGSA convention, I hope to see you there. I'm going to be there. Jenna will be there. Um, yeah, excited to see people in person. I know. I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah, just make sure that you guys stay in touch. Um, keep listening to the shows. We're actually going to have uh, Seth, BJ, and I are going to have a live show from convention, so you guys need to make sure to listen to that, um, and it will be in regards to our upcoming listening session, um, patient listening session with the FDA. Which so, is so exciting. I'm, I so can't wait for that. Exciting. Um, this, is, it's, this is a historical moment for us, so um, make sure that you listen to the show so you can hear about how um, we are going to be talking and what we're going to be talking about. Um, you might also see a survey from um, Seth and BJ coming up. Um, and this is information for FDA for when we talk to them um, at the end of July. So um, please participate. Um, otherwise, guys, just take care and love you. Thanks so much. Bye. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for listening. 
don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.